Hello, everyone. I'm glad you've tuned into our first podcast. Uh, this is Brother Jim, pastor of Olmstead Baptist Church in Olmstead, Kentucky. And uh, we're undertaking this medium to uh, communicate, at, at the very least, with the membership of Olmstead Baptist Church and uh, for others uh, that uh, might come across it in the future. But I uh, thought this would be a, the best way under our present distress to uh, communicate with you and present to you the Word of God. Uh, things relative to our times and what the Lord lays upon my heart uh, to uh, bring to you. So this is hopefully something that will work for everyone uh, that either by the internet or uh, by the uh, by the, your, your phone or whatever you'll be able to, to uh, with a podcast, um, a podcast uh, application, you'll be able to listen. I'm using Podbean and uh, we'll give instructions about that. Of course, if you're listening already, you're either listening on iTunes or uh, Podbean. And so uh, we'll get in instructions for that to everybody on how to lo- download it and get it to their device to be able to listen to these podcasts. Uh, a text verse, uh, and what I want to address with this, this cast is uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. The scripture says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, <clears throat> pardon me, and for the praise of them that do well. So uh, COVID-19 is something that's at hand, and uh, the, the title of this this message would be, is COVID-19 our government and us? We have a, a responsibility as the children of God to do well before our Lord and to, be, uh, to uh, submit to Him and to glorify Him and to follow Him in everything. But in that, we've got to remember everything that He's told us and, uh, and that uh, we, we've got the government implementing a lot of things because of this COVID-19 virus in our country. We all have thoughts, we all have fears, we all have uh, suspicions and such that uh, about this, where this will lead to um, mistakes at hand indeed, uh, errors, we would do things different, all those kind of things that are there and dealing with people. It's just that way. But what I want to deal with here is the, the authority that our government has to a point uh, over us uh, as citizenry and our responsibility to the Lord in that. So submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it's the king as the number one or to governors, magistrates, magistrates and such as that. And it goes on to speak about the punishment of evil, evildoers and the praise to those that do well. So let's in light of this, let's let's think about our history. We need to take a look at our history uh, and consider some things. Our history is a nation. The beginnings of our nation uh, came about because of tyranny, the tyranny of England and even other lands, but namely the tyranny of the king in England. There was a flight to the New World by many uh, because of religious persecution. And so we, we know of that historically, and, and we know and, and believe and understand that that was a, a great reason for many to come to this land. 
from all of that and the working of all that, the desire of all that, came a representative republic. And that's the kind of government that we have, is a representative republic. There are elements of democracy at place in this, but it is in its end is a representative republic. The president is to represent and do well for the people, the senators, the, the legislators, uh, the congressmen. Uh, they, they are to do well for the people that they represent. Uh, President Lincoln coined the phrase that we, we hear and even repeat often, a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, he said, shall not perish from the earth. Well, if you know your Bible, we know that it will, uh, but nevertheless, uh, our government is of the people, by the people, and for the people. That's the premise under which it was started, and, uh, and so it's different. It's different than many others. It's different than the context of the scriptures, and uh, as I've said, even in our church services, and mentioned that our independence in these things uh, gives us a different attitude and way than the context of the scriptures. And we just, we're thankful for that, but we need to be careful with that. A history of our nation, uh, there's a sensitivity uh, for many uh, of a government that overreaches its legal bounds. We have that. It's innate with us uh, as uh, the citizens of the United States of America. And then we, uh, Baptist uh, children of God uh, in the Lord's churches, were very jealous over our religious liberty. We, we value that above all. We value that religious liberty to be able to speak uh, freely about our Lord, which we've been blessed to date about that, and to congregate, to, to meet freely to worship our Lord. So our history is a nation. Then as far as our history is the children of God and his churches, we understand and know, uh, we read about it in the scripture, about the persecution upon the Lord's people from the beginning, from the beginning of this church age, if you will. It's always been, uh, but from the beginning of, of this church age, from the days of our Lord Jesus and his ministry, there was persecution of him and of his own. The first church in Jerusalem was persecuted and scattered. And so uh, we go on in time closer to us about the Lord's people and the things that they suffered in the Dark Ages. Persecution of Baptists even in this country, on this soil. And so we have our history as a nation and those things that feed into our thinking and our way. We have the history of the children of God and his churches that feed into us and our way of thinking and the way that we view things and and look at things, monitor things. And then lastly, there's our knowledge from the scripture of the future. The Lord has told us in, in, in his word about things in the future. He tells us things that will come to pass, an oppression of the Lord's people to come. We know that the governments of the world will be involved in that persecution, in that going away from God and the 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 persecution and oppression of those that are the Lord's and, and, and want to go the Lord's way, follow his word. The Lord himself says that he will gather all nations to battle and judgment, and those nations will be led by their governments, whether it be a despot and a dictator, a king, or a representative government like we have in the United States. They will be the leaders 
of those nations uh, led to battle with our Lord where they will not be successful, as the Scripture tells us. And so, therefore, we're, we are always suspicious of the government because we know these things that will be. We look at our government wondering when it will be that they will do what they will do. We're suspicious of godless men that wield their financial power and influence. Uh, it's just that way. We see that. We, we're suspicious of that. We look on at that. We have disdain for that. Uh, I, I trust we have a godly uh, outlook of, of righteousness in that. Those people, they need the Lord. They need the Lord as their Savior. But we look on at them and their behavior, especially when, when the government is field, filled with left-leaning politicians, if you will, not statesmen. It's, it's not filled with statesmen. There maybe are a few statesmen left. The delineation there is, is that a statesman, statesman will look out for the people that he represents in a right way, in a good way, in a righteous way, where politicians look to just feed themselves. We, we're suspicious of the government when we see that it's filled with God-haters, uh, those that hate God, their way is is a hatred of God and His Word. They there are many that are dishonest. They are the proponents of the murder of innocents. Many are, and that we look on at that, and that that troubles us with people, men being lovers of themselves more than lovers of God, as the Scripture says, and that makes us suspicion of suspicious about what they will do. They're self-promoting. They ingratiate themselves and, 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 and build up their wealth with the people's money, it seems. Um, uh, Self-wealth seeking, uh, not to fill the position of leadership that they have. Uh, many are fame seekers, or rather become infamous. And many that just enjoy the power over people. There's just people, those that are just hungry, for power over people, and they love to wield such. And so these three things, the history of our nation, the history that we have as the children of God and his churches, and then our knowledge from the scripture of the future and how men will be and how the governments will be used for those things. So because of all these, it's no wonder that we are highly suspicious of our government. The suspicion that one day there will be a major move to stop our freedom, to speak freely of our Lord, and to meet the worship. Nevertheless, the government that we have is ordained by our Lord God Almighty. And so we, we, we have these suspicions, we have this knowledge, we have this history, but even the government that we have is ordained by God. And so where's, where is it? That we should stand? What is it that we should do? And in particular, in this COVID-19, an unprecedented move in our lifetimes of, of uh, the government moving to do things, and we're not speaking about it being right or wrong. We're talking about the government being an authority ordained by God, and how is it that we are to react uh, to their instruction and to the, the, the situation at hand? Is consider the scriptures. Proverbs 24, 21. My son, fear thou the Lord and the king, and meddle not with them that are given to change. 
So the instruction of Brother Solomon is, is to his son and to the Lord to us is to fear the Lord and the king. Because the scripture tells us the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Ecclesiastes 10.20, curse not the king. No, not in thy thought. And curse not the rich in thy bedchamber. For a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. And so the Lord says for us to, uh, good or bad, uh, righteous or wicked, for us not to curse the king. Uh, not even think of such in our hearts. And then coming down here in, into, our, into our time, more so in the church age, I invite you to turn to Romans chapter 13, Romans chapter 13, and we're going to take a look at this passage and some other passages and just take a look at what the Lord speaks to us here in the church age, in our time, uh, about government and our connection, our relationship to that. Romans 13, verse number 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. So first, whether our government would be sorry, uh, whether it's filled with bureaucracy, as it is, I certainly believe that it is, whether it's a government that we would prefer or not prefer, it is ordained of God. And so, that is our government. The government, President Trump is our president, and President uh, Pence, Vice President Pence is our vice president, and so on down the, the line with our senators, our representatives, and such as that. That's the government that we have. That's been ordained by God, and they are not there um, by any mistake. They are ordained of God, and so we need to, we need to know that that is the case. And, and there's, there's side issues that we could speak about. We just don't have time in this. We want to keep the focus about it. Uh, remember this. You and I, in this privilege that we have to be a citizen of the United States, we need to use our privilege of voting well and honoring to the Lord. It's what we've been given. We've inherited this system, this way of government, and we need to use that vote uh, in a righteous way to elect the most righteous candidate possible that we have before us. And so then verse 2 of Romans 13, Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, spoken about in verse 1, resistance, resisteth the ordinance of God. And so resisting the authority of the government ordained by God is a direct resistance of God. And so that that's the Lord tells us that in the scripture, in his word. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation, condemnation, damnation. There'll be a, a, a justice, a judgment meted out on such. And so then he gives us explanation here. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. And so, as we read uh, a little bit earlier there in, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, and we'll, we'll touch on that passage again, but the, uh, we need to do well, and that's what we're called of the Lord, is to do well and to obey the government, and that we need to do good. 
and will have praise of the same. Now, understand, uh, this, this is, we understand that things will certainly be not this way uh, necessarily with a despot, with a dictator. Nevertheless, the dictators of the world in those governments are ordained of God. There's no power at hand that is not ordained of God. And again, there's a, a side subjects that we could speak about, and I'm going to deal with that now. So, so th- this is speaking about from the standpoint of when it works right and when it works well. But, but the, the indication is here is when they are upside down in their way, they're, they're, the government is not righteous, we still have an obligation to obey uh, the power that is over us. And so here it goes on. Verse 4, for he, the rulers, is the minister of God to thee for good. So, for the most part, it is with governments and such that uh, it is for the good of the people, the minister of God. Yes, government officials are the ministers of God. They are accountable and they will stand in judgment before the Lord to a greater degree because of their positions. They have a great responsibility to be a ruler, a governor, a mayor, a, uh, a, a county councilman, and so on. A judge executive, as we, we have here in Kentucky for the, uh, the highest county official. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. That's the design. But if thou do with that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. And so he has authority. And he has power, a sword being mentioned here as the, the chastising device, uh, the, the, the symbol and, and the, the, uh, the, uh, the weapon used in authority. Um, they bear not the sword in vain. Just as our police, they carry uh, guns and they carry uh, different weapons and such to deal with evildoers. It says here, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. And so this is the design of God. This is the ordinance of God. These are the ministers of God. We need to remember that. Wherefore, because of all that, verse 5, because of the things mentioned in the previous four verses, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath. We need to be subject because they're ordained by God. They're not the power without the working and the sanction of God. They, uh, as the design is and the responsibility is, they're to be ministers of good things for the people over which they rule. And, and we need to be subject to them and to that, not only for the wrath that they can bring upon us with that sword that they bear. They don't bear the sword in vain. Uh, they don't bear the ability to mete out punishment in vain, but also for conscience sake. And this of the conscience is speaking about obedience before the Lord. We need to be obedient to our Lord and what he has ordained and what he has put forth. And, and when it's not just right, when it would even be oppressive, we need to submit to such. And now, as Americans, as United States citizens, that's really hard for us to take. We, 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 we do not suffer the thought of an oppressive uh, ruler 
and such. And we're going to take a look about the context of when these things were written here in a moment. Uh, but, but that's what the Word of God says. We, ne- we must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For for this cause pay ye tribute also. There's their taxes, their levies, uh, their tolls. For they are God's ministers. We're reminded the third time that they are ministers of God. Uh, myself, being an ordained minister, a preacher, of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, a pastor of one of his churches. I'm the minister of the Lord, too, by his calling. So are these, that not in the same way, but they are the ministers of God. Uh, the second institution of our Lord is made very evident, uh, the first institution being that of marriage and the family, the second institution being that of government. It's ordained by God. And the third institution being that of the Lord's church. Uh, speaking in that institutional sense, his churches upon the earth. For this very cause pay you tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due. And so we it's tax time again, and so we must do so. Custom to whom custom uh, we, we deal and think about customs when we bring things in or out of the country. There's duty and custom. Listen to this relative to the subject at hand. Fear to whom fear and honor to whom honor. And so this passage tells us about the authority of government, that it is ordained by God. It is that second institution. And we need to know that authority of the government uh, that is over us. In our text verse, uh, back in 1 Peter chapter 2, we'll, we'll go to verse 13 and, and where we took our text from and, and start here and just uh, take a look at this quickly. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 13. 1 Peter 2, 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, every law, every proclamation, uh, every decree, whether it be to the king as supreme, or under governors, and we have that. We understand that about states having governors. We have a president, not a king. We have those in authority in different departments under the governor and under the president. They are allowed in the on behalf of the leadership or in the authority that they have to uh, to issue um, decrees and proclamations according to the the way the government is uh, is set up, and so. Um, so we are to submit the, ourselves to every ordinance. It doesn't say most, it doesn't say some, or those of our choosing, but every one. Or to governors, verse 14, as to them that are sent by him, the king, for the punishment of evildoers, which the other passage in Romans dealt with, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. So we are to do well in our relationship with the government as free, and this certainly applies to us. The context here is that of a free man or servant, but we are free in our, our nation. We, we pride ourselves in that. We need to be careful with that pride, but we, we do so as free, not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, of vengeance or getting back, but as the servants of God. And so we have liberty. We have freedom in our nation. We need to serve our Lord well. Honor all men, verse 17, 
love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. And so here, another passage that deals with our submission to the government. And uh, it, it is our duty to do so. And indeed, to a point, but it is our duty to do so. Uh, Titus chapter 3, uh, verse number 1. Titus, the book of Titus, uh, chapter 3, verse number 1. Here we see that we're to be subject to the governmental authority. Uh, he writes to Brother Titus, Brother Paul does to Titus in regards to this work in uh, Crete that he is called to. Put them to be in mind, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Verse 2, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness, power under control under all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers or different lusts, and pleasures, living in malice and envy, jealousy and getting back at those that have done us wrong, hateful and hating one another. These things that we've been saved from, we're no longer to follow after that. That's not to be what comes out of our mouths. And we need to be subject to the governmental authority over us. First um, Timothy chapter 2, it, it wouldn't be appropriate if we skipped over our responsibility uh, regarding the government and our leaders in this uh, uh, manner. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, in this respect, verse number 1. 1 Timothy 2, verse number 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God, of God and our Savior, our, of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. So see, an exhortation from the Apostle Paul, from our Lord through him by inspiration, is that we supplicate for our leaders, that we pray for our leaders, that we intercede for our leaders, that we give thanks for our leaders. From the king to all that are in authority, even to the, the local official, we need to, we are uh, commanded to pray for our leaders. Something I think that, that is important for us to consider, uh, some might think uh, that there may be a temptation that some would think, say, well, it just must have been easy days uh, when these things were written and, and the context of when Paul wrote these things, Peter wrote these things, uh, was just must have been a real gravy and a real easy time of government. And they, they had they didn't know what oppression was like. They just did, did, didn't have an understanding about oppression. Well, let me tell you, let's, let's take a little history review here about the times in which these New Testament scriptures were written. The history of the times of the writing of the New Testament scriptures. Caesars during the time of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Apostles. Uh, many are familiar with Julius Caesar, and he was that one that brought to an end the Roman Republic. We look on at Julius Caesar as being a type of one that might rise up in our country and, 
and do the same kind of thing and be the the one that would step in as dictator uh, of our nation. And so we are suspicious of that. We are wary of that, and we look on at that. It's it's wise and prudent to do so. Julius Caesar had, by adoption, uh, a, a son, uh, Octavian. And so during the time of the writing of the scriptures and the time of our Lord Jesus and when he was born and grew up and such as that, uh, Augustus Caesar uh, was the, the, the Caesar in Rome. Uh, Octavian was his name before he uh, claimed the name of Caesar Augustus. Uh, he was the first Roman emperor. He had been assigned such as heir of Julius Caesar. Militarily, he was very successful with a very strong army. He was financially successful. He placed the government back into Senate control as long as the Senate did what he wanted done. And he politicked to, and to name and to guaranteed, guarantee his heir. And he lived in the time of uh, 30 B.C. to uh, uh, 14 A.D. And so right there in the time of the birth of our Lord Jesus uh, and, and so and such referred to in the scripture. And then there's the time of uh, Tiberius Caesar. Uh, he was uh, lived from 14 AD to uh, 37 uh, AD or was Caesar for that time, 14 to 37 AD. He was cruel. He was tyrannical. Uh, he was killed by suffocation. Uh, Fifteen years into his reign, John the Baptist started preaching. Uh, it tells us in Luke chapter 1, Now in the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, that's, that's the one, and verse 2 it goes on, The word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness, and he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And so here is a Caesar that was very cruel, and, and uh, tyrannical as he was. And this was the time of the days of the New Testament being fulfilled. Um, scripture not necessarily being written, but the, 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 the people uh, involved remembering the accounts and such as that. He was the second Roman emperor. He was a great military leader historically. Um, he, he, uh, he didn't wish to rule uh, but when he was forced, he was very, very brutal. After him uh, was Caligula. Uh, Caligula uh, reigned from 37 to 41 A.D., a very short time, and uh, he was assassinated. He was the third Roman emperor, a uh, successful general. He started off good, but historically we understand that he ended up a tyrant. And toward the end of his reign, he toted himself and presented himself as a god. And that very well may have been what got him killed. And so um, here is another, the third Roman emperor, uh, Caligula, before him Tiberius Caesar, Augustus Caesar. And so uh, the, these, these, are, these are tyrants. These are wicked men. These are the heathen that are the, the, the head uh in the Roman way of government and thinking at this time, the, the, uh, the, uh, not a republic anymore, but a dictatorship, essentially, an uh, empire, uh, these are wicked, coarse-operating men. And then we come to the next one, Claudius Caesar. 
uh, from 41 to 54 A.D. He was timid. He was feeble. He was poisoned in his death. He was the fourth Roman emperor. Uh, he was the one that it mentions in Acts 18, verse 2, and found a certain Jew named Aquila, speaking of Brother Paul, born in Pontius, lately come from Italy, and his wife uh, with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And so um, Aquila and Priscilla had to leave Rome because of the decree of Claudius Caesar. And, uh, and so here we see another, another man that was, uh, hated the Jews and wanted the Jews out of his near domain there in Italy. And then after him, was another real sweetheart of an emperor, and you know him, uh, Nero. Uh, he ruled from 54 A.D. to 68 A.D. He was recklessly extravagant and wasteful with the use of the, of the kingdom's resources. He was a tyrant. He committed suicide. He was the fifth emperor of Rome, and he's the one that notoriously fiddled while Rome burned because he didn't get his way and the way that he wanted to rebuild Rome. So let us understand the context of the scriptures. Let us understand let us understand the context of when these things regarding government was written. Well, we've got some sad times. We've got some difficult times. We've got some oppression of people, uh, bakers and photographers and, and wedding planners that are being pushed into things that they... Uh, that are, are contrary to their faith, contrary, they believe, to the command of the Lord. We've got this terrible thing of abortion in our land and the killing of innocents uh, by the millions, uh, untold millions, uh, in, uh, in, our, in our country alone. And uh, we've, we've got problems, and we're a bloody people and guilty as a nation before the Lord. And in some respects were just as bad or worse as these men and the, the governments that they headed. Yet, what was written was written in that time and in that, ungod, that ungodliness of the government and of, of that day uh, in the Roman Empire. In many respects, we have, uh, we have freedom and we have liberty, and we need to use that to honor and glorify our Lord as churches to fulfill His great commission and as children of God to proclaim what our Lord has done for us and rescuing us. So understand the context of the Scripture is not from a sweet and gentle time, but it was from a very difficult time. And yet those things that were said in honoring the King and being subject to the government and praying for such is written and applicable even to us today. Uh, there is, however, I mentioned earlier, there is a threshold when we may not obey and submit to our government. That, that is at hand. Uh, the, we need to understand that too. We need to obey the government until it contradicts the word of the Lord. We need to obey the government and be subject to the government uh, until it contradicts the word of the Lord. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse number 2, Ecclesiastes 8, verse 2, I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment, and that in regard of the oath of God. 
And so understand that the king, the leadership, the government, is appointed by God. We need to keep his commandment, but always in light of the oath, the word, the declaration of God. And when the government would cause us to go against our Lord, when they, in our context, they here in our nation, look to take and squelch our religious uh, liberty and rights that we have by the founding and the constituting of our the government, then at that point we need to be ready uh, to stand in and abide by the commandment of the Lord. So in conclusion, the connection, the application to our situation today. So where is the balance? Our government is ordained by our Lord. And they are doing the best they can to help the citizenry in a time such as this with the COVID-19 virus. That's the case with all unsaved, is that they're doing the best that they can, which is really, uh, really on, on this side of being saved, unsaved uh, men, women, boys, and girls trying to do the best they can, understand that that's just what any sinner without Christ does. And it's really something to be pitied uh, rather than to be despised. We know it meets, meets, leads many to uh, wickedness and, and evil uh, things, but really the, the unsaved, they're just doing the best that they can. And, and we, we as the children of God who've been rescued from that, we need to pity them. And, and we need to pray for them, that the Lord would touch and rescue them and be a good witness to them. Understand that there are many flaws and many uh, will make mistakes. Understand that. It, it's, it's a human thing. It, it's, it's a human thing going on in this earth. And there's going to be flaws. There's going to be mistakes and many things that we'll be able to point to and that our leadership would do. I think it's also appropriate for me to mention this. There's opportunists that abound. Our media uh, in the world and in our nation it, it are opportunists. They want to take this crisis and they want to use it to feed their power-hungry uh, desires. Uh, they, they, they want to, as I mentioned earlier about politicians, they're interested in their fame. They're interested in gaining wealth on the back of the people. They're power hungry. They like to be able to take, and, and many, I believe, sick in heart and sick in mind, they like to just take and put things to the populace to make them panic. And that's just sad. It's a sad thing. And so there are many things that we can point to that are not right, that are wrong, that, that we would have chosen to do different. But nevertheless, it is our government. Politically, we may disagree with many things or everything that is being done. We, we, we may say this is just the wrong way. Uh, it's overdone. It's underdone. It's uh, this, that, and the other. Uh, brother, sister, remember, the mystery of iniquity is no doubt at work in all of this. Uh, we've got our God-appointed government. They're doing the best that they can. Uh, they very well may have blinders over their eyes. We need to pray for the Lord's help and guidance uh, unto them. And no, and no doubt the mystery of iniquity is at work, as, as was uh, told the Apostle Paul, told the church at Thessalonica. If it was at work then, it's certainly at work now. 
And so we need to pray to our Lord to be merciful to us and to our leadership. But we don't need to go against God's, our, our, against this God-given government and the authority based only on suspicion. We, have, we may have a lot of suspicions. Suspicions of them taking away our religious liberties and such. We need to act only on proof, not suspicion. So the dealing with the COVID-19 has been made a national emergency. and We will only know its true effect when it's run its course. That's just the way that it is. The data that we get about these cases is well after the fact. We don't know what the leading edge of this is. And so, therefore, uh, uh, we have the government that the Lord's given us. They're doing the best that they can. We need to pray for them, that the Lord would bless them, that they would do well. And so we having the compromised among us, and I'm talking compromised in health, we should do as the government declares for dealing the dealing with the virus and all the things that we agree or all the things that we disagree. We need to take the personal precautions our Lord gives us wisdom to observe. And when it would come about that the government would use this opportunity of the virus to restrict our religious freedom, to express our faith, or meet to worship, then at that point we're obligated to follow our, follow our Lord, follow our Lord and disobey them. Until then, let us pray our Lord will bless our leaders to seek his face regarding this virus. Let us pray our Lord will be merciful to our nation and forgive us of our national sins. Let us pray for the salvation of the souls of the people of our land, our region, our communities, and families. And let us pray our Lord will protect and help us by protection from the virus or give us grace and healing if any of us would come become infected. Let us honor our Lord by obeying the order of the government, by not meeting together in our, in our church services for a time. And then if it turns out that these events will be used against us to prevent our public worship because we're the Lord's churches and the Lord's children, then may we be ready to stand in our Lord's word and commands. Again, in Ecclesiastes 8.2, I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment, and that in regard to the oath of God. Certainly, if you have any questions, uh, please contact me uh, with those or any thoughts or statements. I'd be glad to, to hear that. And uh, uh, may the Lord help us. Let, let, let's obey our government for now. We may think that there's something sinister at work, but let us, let us wait. Let us not act on suspicion. Let us follow our God-given government and then if that would be used against us, let us see how the Lord will help us and bless regarding this virus. And then if in fact these things are used to squelch our future gathering just because we are the Lord's and, and we proclaim a word that's not desired in the world, we are the Lord's churches, then at that point, let us be ready to stand in our Lord's word and commandments. Again, if you have any questions, you have any thoughts, please contact me, and uh, let's dismiss with a, a word of prayer. Let's close this out with a word of prayer. Dear Father, we come to your prayer at this time. We thank you, Father, for so great salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for forgiveness of sins, for everlasting life, to, for you making us your children. 
And Lord, a home and glory with you. We thank you for rescuing us, Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ and for your great love, mercy, and grace shown unto sinners like us. Help us we might be a good witness of you in these trying times. Help us, Father, that we would see your word and understand the balance of being obedient to you, being obedient to our government, and, and not, not operating and acting on suspicion, but operating and acting only on facts. Help us, Father, to stand. Help us, Father, to be wise. Pray, Father, that you would protect us from this virus, or if it would be that any of us would contract it, that you'd give us grace and healing uh, to bear with it and lift us up. Help those amongst us that are weak, that are compromised, Lord, that you would help them and protect them. And help our government, help our president, our governor, the leaders of our nation and state, Lord, turn them to righteousness and steer them and guide them away from evil. Forgive us, our nation, of the sins and transgression of our bloody hands, Father, and turn us to righteousness unto you. Save the people of our land, region, community, and families, Father, and help us that we might glorify you, have faith in you in these difficult times. We pray and ask it all in Jesus' name and for his sake, and amen. Well, we'll sign off for now for this uh, podcast, and as there's future ones uh, that I would make, I'll let you know in the, the way that we develop for notification. May the Lord bless and keep you all.